0: What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap. It is March 2nd, 2020. This is the Fightful.com Raw Post Show Podcast. We are joined by Denise Salcedo, where you can see, like, everywhere right now, our first Super Chat, which you can uh, get by donating any amount live on YouTube.com slash Fightful. Get your statement or question read on the air. Anakin says, just tell Denise her Taylor Swift video was great.
1: Oh my gosh! Thank you so much. You know that video that has eighty thousand views already did more than my video with three hundred thousand views. Really? Yes, that CPM is good right now. So help me out. Go watch that video, yeah, even if ch- you're not a fan. Go
0: check it out. Denise has a lot of great stuff over on her channel. Um, we've, like I said, uh, donate a super chat any amount. Get your question or statement read right on the air. But I have a special treat for you guys that are uh, up late tonight, premiering right after this show. On YouTube's Fightful and and Fightful.com, I have a video interview with Gail Kim, Christy Hemi, and Lita about their new kayfabe product that they just announced. Uh, They are starting a women led wrestling program that will be women centric, but they say it's going to be edgy, it's going to be racy. It's not, in in Christy Hemi's words, not a show she wants her children to watch. Uh, And they go into great detail about this and what they're trying to accomplish. And, uh, yeah, I spoke to him for about, I think, 25 minutes. It is well worth a listen. Usually I, I spread out the interviews, and I would release this next week. But I thought, why not premiere it right after the Raw podcast? So stick around and check that out. But right now, listen uh, or leave a thumbs up, subscribe, all that good stuff. But, Denise, Monday Night Raw tonight.
1: You know what? It was not a bad show. I think it was definitely an improvement from last week. And there was a lot of things that happened on the show that I'm very excited to talk about.
0: Yeah, there were there were a few good things. There were a few really stupid things. Oh my God. there A were mixture a really of both. Things.
1: Like really good stuff and then some real bad stuff, I think.
0: Yeah, uh, let's go ahead and talk about it. WWE Raw for tonight. Reminder, guys, this Sunday is Elimination Chamber. This Saturday, a UFC pay-per-view. But Brock Lesnar kicked off this episode of Raw. Paul Heyman says that he's supposed to build WrestleMania. But the main event is a sham. This is after he talks about how stacked uh, WrestleMania is. He says that Drew McIntyre took advantage of a tired Brock Lesnar at the Rumble. And he calls Drew a bitch. Which brings out Drew. And after that, you get a drubbing. This, I thought, was awesome. We finally saw a little bit something else out of uh, out of Drew McIntyre. He had a Claymore and walked off. Lesnar woke up. He looked embarrassed, and the crowd sang uh, the goodbye song to him. They were, cra- they were chanting for one more, and then when Lesnar gets to the ramp, they are obliged. Drew McIntyre hits another one. I thought everybody from Lesnar to Heyman to Drew to the crowd were all awesome here, Denise. What did you think?
1: This was absolutely perfect. So the first thing that I was thinking automatically when Brock came out and they were talking, cutting, oh, Paul Heyman was tell, was giving his promo, etc. I thought to myself. Finally, they are giving some substance to this feud because prior to this, it was really just okay, Drew McIntyre wins the Royal Rumble, bam, he's gonna have this match with Brock Lesnar, and really nothing more. But now, after tonight, they added so much to it. First of all, they made Drew McIntyre look like a big deal. Yeah. He looks like he, if I, if let's just say I wasn't a fan of him already, I would have became a fan of his tonight. Uh, Brock Lesnar, you never see him in a position like this where he's weak where he's down where he's beaten where he's essentially sidetracked three times he got three claymore kicks um so he was essentially had those moments unexpected so you never see Brock Lesnar in that position so I think they did a really really tremendous job at making Drew McIntyre look like a big deal and actually look like a big time baby face so this was awesome I thought that everything felt major and I think that now um I want to see Brock Lesnar get pissed I want to see him get angry because no one does this to Brock Lesnar so the fact that we are now going to get super angry savage Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre has all of this confidence riding going into Wrestlemania I think that those two uh temperaments clashing together are going to make for a really good exciting match
0: yeah I I just thought this was a great way to build it up I am Wondering, like, okay, they've got four more Raws. How will they stretch it out? That is always a concern whenever I think of WWE. And we'll find out why stretching things out can be a concern for WWE a little bit later in the show. But Brock Lesnar sold for him like a million bucks. Drew got over. This is one of those things, like, some people just don't need to talk all the time to get over. And this is a perfect explanation, a perfect example of that. Drew came out. He kicked Brock over and over and over again. And he got over. He was already over, but he got over more. And that was pretty cool. I just hope it's sustainable, and I think we're going to find that out. This was just very, very good.
1: And I think that that was one of the things that we've been talking about was how are are people going to stay consistent and stay supporting Drew McIntyre? And yeah, he'd been coming out for weeks. He's been having a lot of great Mike Mike moments. You know, he's been making everybody laugh. He's been relatable, all of that stuff. But I think we needed to see more of his like, you know, tough guy, you know, sort of thing instead of more of like his personality. And we finally got that today. So I think the fact that they already extended it to this point, hopefully it kind of goes along the same route and better because I feel like they can do so much with this leading up to WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, everybody knocked it out of the park with this segment, even all the way down to the crowd. This was a great crowd in Brooklyn, tonight. I I loved it. I also love FightfulSelect.com. I posted my AEW Revolution review uh, today. I was there live yesterday. We saw the Weekender podcast, which is NWA, Ring of Honor, Beyond. A lot of that stuff that you all don't see covered on this show. Uh, Tomorrow, I will be posting the Backstage Report podcast a day late since I traveled. For those of you who don't know, it is about 25 minutes of exclusive news that you're only getting at Fightful. Uh, injury reports, contract updates, status updates on uh, all kinds of things with with uh, contracts, injuries, all that. We're also going to have Alex's Sour Graps podcast, but I do my Q&A show there every other week too, where you can ask as many questions as you want. This weekend alone, we had uh, exclusive news on Tony Khan not wanting AEW moving off of Wednesdays. Uh, Kenny Omega with an injury. Matt Hardy's uh, status this weekend. A lot of confusion whether his contract had been up yesterday or the day before. We cleared that up. There's news on backlash returning. Lots of stuff over at FightfulSelect.com. Uh, directly support us that way. But hey, right now you can send a super chat, any amount. Get your question or statement right on the air. They announced today a now-or-never match, and quite honestly, I hated the announcement, Denise. Street Profits <laughs> defeated Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy, and good for the Street Profits, but they haven't been really booked as special. This was their fourth title shot since December, and I'm thinking, like, why Why do they get a fourth one? Not only that, we're running this match back Sunday, Denise, and it was a good match. It was a very good, very fun match. And I saw people say, oh, well, that Con Conhilo spot was good. They did that last week, too, because they keep wrestling each other. Uh,
1: yeah, it's it, kind of a mixture now of all the same guys.
0: Yeah, and, uh, like, Ford did a nice Rana that I liked into Buddy Murphy's kick. I, I did love the finish. AOP tried to interfere, but Owen showed up, hit a stunner, capitalized, and I like that. The distraction backfired. And that makes Kevin Owens look smart. Makes Street Profits look smart. It makes the heels look bad. And AOP, upset about what happened, chased Owens out. And uh, the place came unglued for the Street Profits. So I can complain about them losing three title shots all I want. But in Brooklyn, they were over and the crowd did not seem to care that much. They didn't care about what had happened in the past with Street Profits. They did care that they won the match.
1: And I think because regardless of what's happened with the Street Profits, they've been consistently good on TV. They've been consistently getting those pops from the crowds. through You know, every week, you know, we always see something insane happen in their matches or something just really cool. So I think that the fans, instead of remembering that, hey, they had three title shots in the past and it didn't work out, I think instead they remember how they feel when they're watching the Street Profits and what kind of matches they've been having, which overall have been pretty good. And so that's why... I think like, hey, they got this pop. And it's funny because for a second, it took me aback. It took me a few seconds to say, oh, hey, oh, that means they're champions now. For some reason, it didn't hit me as hard. So I almost hate myself because I kind of missed that initial uh, you know, reaction when it actually happened. But overall, I love the fact that I loved how this all played out because it really added more to the Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins storyline. I liked how this match all worked out. Um, one of the p- two people that I really am enjoying seeing in the ring together, though, is um, Seth Rollins and Montez Ford. Because I, I think, yes, they are so good together. Like, they go at the same speed. They They seem to know, like... And everything that they do together, I think works really well. So I really like seeing them together. Um, there was a, there was this camera shot though. That was hilarious because um, I think when they were running back into the crowd out of nowhere, you just see buddy Murphy's body flying across the camera. I have no idea what happened to him, but you just see him like pass through. I thought that was epic. I was like, okay, we need more people talking about that because that was great. Um, but it was a fun ending. I think.
0: Yeah, I my favorite spot of this entire match situation, as much as I'm, I'm happy for the Street Profits and them winning, Rollins being upset that Charlie Caruso came up to him later, like he has just the best reaction when he is displeased by something. He's like, ah, Charlie <laughs> on the spot. I loved it. And he challenged Street Profits to a rematch. Like, why do we need it again? Third time in a week and a half, man. Corey Graves even notices this. He brought it up on his on his uh, podcast. Like, the same matches over and over and over and over and over again. Ugh. Yeah. And I bet, I bet we probably would have saw Viking Raiders and OC again if Eric hadn't been sick. Oh, oh my god.
1: I mean... I guess now that they have the titles that will add to it, kind of make it feel a little new. But, hey, work with what you've got, right?
0: Anakin JMT says, Backlash and Money in the Bank need to switch months. Yeah, I think so, too. I don't think they need to blow Money in the Bank the month after WrestleMania. I mean, if you want to do it and sustain your Money in the Bank winner over months and months, sure, but they've been blowing it lately, uh, quite frankly, like just jumping out there real quick and I never quite liked that Anakin had also sent a super chat last week he said does anybody really buy Randy Orton being conflicted it seems out of character after all we've seen him do now he sent this question last week and we didn't get to it and tonight we're gonna and I'm just gonna let that linger there because yes I did buy it especially after this promo and I can't wait to talk about it Anakin my god that promo was amazing What is not amazing, Denise, Riddick Moss defended the 24-7 championship by defeating Ricochet. The crowd chanted, who are you at Riddick Moss? Moss dumped Ricochet over the top rope with a away slam, but then he beat him with, it's okay. It's basically, if you all remember, Adam, uh, Adam Rose's party foul. It's the inverted version of that. Like a neck breaker where Where uh, Riddick falls forward, Ricochet falls backward. I thought Ricochet was winning the title here. Instead, Riddick Moss has the longest reign in title history. I got some feelings about this, Denise. Go ahead and share yours.
1: I just gotta say, if you've ever thought of the word demotion, I just... (laughs) This is what I felt when I was watching this match. I just thought to myself, poor Ricochet. How do you go from having a match with Brock Lesnar to all of a sudden you're having a match for the 24-7 title against Riddick Moss and you just get absolutely destroyed? Um, This was just bad for Ricochet. I, I, I. I can't think of anything good that he's gotten in the last few weeks. As a matter of fact, like, I just feel like at this point he needs to, like, get off of TV, be gone for a bit, and then hopefully come back or something and just have this whole rejuvenation because we need to forget everything that's been going down with Ricochet for a while if we ever want to have him do anything in the company because right now it just kind of feels like, yeah, it just doesn't look good for him.
0: It really does not. Ricochet is legitimately one of the most amazing athletes in the world and hopefully this leads to him getting something out of it like some sort of motivation. There were a lot of people that I saw that were like, Oh man, him in the 24 seven championship man. You all should have been happy that he was the man makes the title and Ricochet can make a title, especially with that. I would have loved to have seen Ricochet avoiding people backstage, like yep. doing some of the cool shit that he's able to do. Like, I think, I think that'd be a good spot for John Morrison in the future too. People are chasing him with the 24 seven title. He's just going to parkour over everything. He's gonna he's gonna treat him like Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote. Like that's a good spot for somebody to make that title that means absolutely nothing (laughs) right now. And I've been pretty fair on WWE. I I would even say lenient on WWE recently. Not after Thursday, man. Not after Thursday. That's got me in rant mood now, and Ricochet is beyond this. My hope, my hope that rarely comes to fruition, Denise. Is that this will lead to something for Ricochet. Because I can't imagine a positive. I got an NXT wrestler right now texting me. And they said, and I quote, Who the fuck did Ricochet piss off? He must have heat. Like, no way does anything good come from this. (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's That's exactly what i was thinking he had to he has to have heat or something because come on look at the guy he's being destroyed and then the way he got pinned too with the the double legs up like come on that was bad that's true
0: that was was a deep pin that's one you do when you know somebody isn't kicking out Ugh.
1: that one, just like i feel i feel it belittled him to be honest it belittled, it belittled him. Like, that's exactly what I got from that pin. Like, you don't mean anything. And it's just like, it was messed up, man. I was like, okay, no, he could have gotten pinned and all of that. But that extra touch to me was just like, oof. See, course,
0: my thing yeah, is that. with WWE, I think that they think they're too cute sometimes. And they're like, oh, this will get heat. Us making a bad booking decision will get heat. That's what they do a lot. They're like, oh, well, this bad booking decision will piss off a lot of people. And that's heat. But it ain't really. It's just a bad booking decision. Look at, and I I, I hate to bring up AEW. I really hate to bring up AEW here because this is a WWE show. But look at AEW. Quite frankly, the majority of their good booking decisions are predictable. But you know what? That ain't bad. Because if it's good TV, it's good TV.
1: That's bad- true. That's true. I've I've had I've been hearing that argument as of late, like the last couple of months, I have been hearing that argument that if it's predictable, does that take away from it being good? And to be honest, I feel like as long as it's done right, even if it's predictable, if it's done right, I think that it can go a long way, but I do love the element of surprise and I prefer the element of surprise, but I just feel like it depends on the situation and what is happening.
0: Yeah, man. Uh and I would have loved to have seen Ricochet with this title because they took a very fun, creative, good idea and made it terrible almost immediately. They almost immediately made this corny, Denise. And it this title is based, based on all the great stuff that Crash Holly did with the hardcore title back in the day. And obviously they want to go a different route with this and that's fine. But the route that they're taking is a shitty one. It's real bad.
1: Now I'm wondering if they're trying to like make the belt seem more important instead of having all of these goofy runoffs in the back where one guy gets tricked, etc. And now we're going into the matches instead. Um, But, you know, at least now we get to see what Riddick Moss gets to do with it.
0: Anakin says, can we get another entrance music podcast? You will. You will. That one was very good. Uh, Me and Denise, I think me and Denise need to do a TNA one.
1: I actually have another podcast idea for you.
0: Okay, hit me with it.
1: Okay, I think that we should talk about big moments of, uh, like wrestlers making appearances in like pop culture stuff, like movies and stuff, and like react to that. I think that would be really cool because come on, there's been so many great stuff that you can talk about, like fun, you know, little skits and segments and stuff like that.
0: Whenever we have a replacement show for Listen, Your Boyfriend Now, whenever Jimmy's on vacation or whatever. I'm hitting up Denise. We're gonna do the "Listen You Girl," that's episode two, pop culture. Then we'll get to another uh, wrestling music one. Uh, it's 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 a good time. Go back and check that out, guys, because the first "Listen You Girl" episode it's evergreen. It's gonna work no matter yeah. no, no matter when you check it out. Rob, I think
1: that podcast, sorry, that podcast episode had the most comments like on my Twitter feed from any episode that we've done.
0: Yeah, people love to talk about entrance yeah. music, and Ross sucked so bad that night. <laughs> Rob Hogan says, SRS, what's your gut uh, say Matt Hardy is going to do? Lots of things uh, tying to AEW based off of YouTube videos, and notice Twitter is liking Rollins again. So, I mentioned on Twitter, a while back in Free the Delete, which we post all the episodes on Fightful, Matt Hardy said, Ah, oh, hello fellow brother, it's been a while. This week on Being the Elite, they get a call from a 910 phone uh, area code. Initially when I googled it, it said a different area. And, and honestly, quite frankly, the Revivals area code back in like from where they're from. But I learned, and I learned because I've interviewed Matt Hardy like 5 times, I just went to my phone and looked at his number. That's his area code, too. <laughs> so I had people saying, "That's not Cameron's area code." Well, it's Matt Hardy's area code, and I know that because I've been interviewing the guy for five years. <laughs> Since he was in TNA, I've been interviewing the guy.
1: Okay, uh, you need to do an Easter egg video, okay? You need to put together all of these clues and explain them right? to people. I think that would be a good video it's, idea. It's
0: working for you. It's working for you, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but my, I think he'll go to AEW. I think he'll go to AEW, but I do know because I reached out and I said, has a decision been made? He said, no, I am still entertaining offers. That's all I could get. And I don't feel comfortable always asking people like that because I feel like it's their announcement to make. Uh, and a lot of that stuff, I mean, if I put it out there, I'm like, oh, well, you know, it's out there. But he said the decision hasn't been made. However, Young Bucks in their video said, oh, we got to go. We got to get on a plane. We got We got to go. Well, the Free the Delete finale was supposed to happen today. It is now happening Wednesday. I do not think that's a coincidence. I do not think that's going to happen. I
1: think, like, let's just play with the idea that let's just say he's not going to AEW Mm -hmm. because I firmly believe that he is. But let's just say that he isn't and that, you know, he's talking about – he said to you that he has – he's listening to the other offers. I think he He has to. I mean, how many times haven't you heard of somebody that you're like, oh, he's for sure going to go here. He's for sure going to go here. And then all of a sudden – uh, they had some other off. I mean, Marty Skrull one of them. Yeah. Everyone thought he was going to go to AEW and then swerve. Bam. Look what happens. And, you know, we've seen that with other people as well, where you think, oh, 100 percent, he's going to go here. But then he listens to the other offers and you just never know what willing what people are willing to put up, especially given right now how competitive things are getting and how fast people are trying to claim talent.
0: And, like, what what would he say to me? Yep, pick an AEW. Well, you know what I do? My job. And then I report it. So
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> of course he's exactly. going to say that. Andy Q says, shouldn't it be your girl and your boy since JV is the list? That ain't his nickname. It's just a dumb name. A shitty name that I've never liked. <laughs> I've never liked that podcast name. But you know what? It's the name of the podcast. And that's what it is at this point. Timothy Hughes says, why are they low-balling? Ricochet, this kid has maximum potential. Hashtag buried. Yeah, that was a weird booking decision. I don't like to use the term buried, but losing the way he did last week, first off, losing the way you do to Brock Lesnar last week, sometimes that just happens. Sometimes champions are unbeatable and untouchable. Tonight, uh, that's shitty.
1: Yeah, I would use the term buried for this
0: one. <laughs> I would too. I would too. He lost to Riddick Moss. He lost to a guy who was getting... Who are you, Chanted Adam?
1: It's been like what two weeks since we've had Riddick Moss on Raw TV.
0: Mm, yeah, I think this was his enough. third week. Not long enough. AJ Styles comes out. He is mad about Mark Wahlberg telling him to duck Undertaker. Now, I'll say this: I've been looking into fightful stats a lot lately. And we do very well in, like, the teenage demographic, the 18 to 34 demographic, and we have a shockingly high female demographic. And, like, I follow some people on Stan Twitter. People on Stan Twitter are usually in their 20s. I was shocked at how many people did not know what Marky Mark meant. They did not know. Do you know what it means, Denise? Denise?
1: No, you, I, I knew that was coming I was like dang I should have googled that before I'm so old I'm sorry I, I when I heard that I was like oh it has to be some sort of reference for something that I probably yeah. missed
0: you, or didn't watch you know Mark Wahlberg used to be a rapper right
1: well no
0: yes yes I'm
1: sorry I didn't know that
0: Mark Wahlberg was a rapper in the early 90s you could argue that John Cena's character, especially geographically, because Mark Wahlberg is from the Boston, Massachusetts area. Damn wow. man, it was yeah. largely based off of the Marky Mark character. He had a few hit songs, actually. You, I'm mean, you've never heard "Good Vibrations."
1: Well, I've heard the song, but I guess I didn't really pay much attention to that. Yeah,
0: that's him.
1: Well, no, isn't good. I think I'm think I'm probably confusing it with a different song. Then
0: mm-hmm. you've heard this song. There's no way you have not heard "Good Vibrations." Maybe you've heard "Wild Side." I need money. You got to believe. Maybe, but by '92 they were cooked. Why do I feel done. like
1: I'm associating that with the Beach Boys?
0: Well, there's I'm sure there's like some shitty Beach Boys song. Name that okay, too, well, see
1: that—that's when I think of that. Why do my brain automatically? You
0: listen? have, but for I don't know. Someone sure. can correct
1: me. Someone could correct me, but I—I I don't know. Listen. So yeah, I—that reference just. Went a
0: lot out. of people are surprised to learn I'm 34, but man, I am shocked. I was six, five, six when this came out. So you were probably not even born yet. <laughs> I
1: was born in '92, so okay, I don't know.
0: <laughs> this went number one in '91. All right,
1: see there you go. You can't blame me.
0: Damn. Man.
1: Okay, so at least I wasn't the only one. I mean, sure, right, I'm surely laughing. you know
0: that his brother was in New Kids on the Block, right?
1: All right, that's it. I'm done. I I need to go and like you Wikipedia. You didn't know or... that? You didn't know that? I did not know that. I'm sorry. I need to go and like read up on Mark Wahlberg. You work for After Buzz.
0: You work for a giant pop culture outlet. I didn't know that. What the hell is going on here? After Buzz, fly me in. I'm going to take your job, Denise. What is going on here?
1: Oh my god. I want, next time you
0: talk to Sean Waltman, I want you to tell him that you didn't know that Marky Mark was a rapper.
1: I've learned a lot of things on that podcast, and one of them was the the one that like I It's didn't such look,
0: a look good appreciation. Holy shit! You don't know that song? I don't know. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's such a sweet sensation. (laughs) Holy sh! That's for Hannah. Super chat, by the way.
1: You know, yeah, I have no comment. No comment. Am I the only person on the chat? Like, is there anybody here on the chat that now, is, like, on my side here? Now see, or am I getting okay. ripped
0: apart? When I became shocked about this was there's there's a, a friend of mine, Dano, on Twitter, big Becky Lynch fan, who didn't know. And I was like, what? And I linked to the video thinking, oh, surely she knows. It's a reminder. No, she, that, she doesn't know because she's not 30. So, man. Shane Haas says, "I hope they do a twins remake with Cena and Wahlberg." Oh my god!
1: I was thinking that though. I was like, "Man, they look alike."
0: Damn! (sighs) This is gonna be the latest epic triggered rant video.
1: Oh no! And those all—let me
0: just tell you, those all do numbers. Oh
1: my god! You know, I probably feel the way you... Do. I When I asked my sister if she knew who Britney Spears was, and she was just kind of like, eh, about it, and didn't really, like, know or care, and I was absolutely in shock, so I feel like that's, like, how you must feel.
0: I feel like I'm having... Once upon a time, when I was 15, <laughs> I had my first conversation with a couple of Amish girls. That's how I feel right now, talking to you. because Oh, were like, my God! Because they, they were like, ask us whatever you want, because we were curious. We didn't know shit. And we're like, what do you all know about, like, pop culture? And they're like, well, we know who, like, Britney Spears is because we see her on magazine uh-huh. covers. But we've never heard her music.
1: So now I'm the Amish girl. Oh, my God.
0: Man. Chris Ferris says, we need a super cut of all of Denise's failures at pop culture references.
1: In oh addition God. to the
0: Bluetooth spot. The Bluetooth one is coming. It is coming.
1: How about we just make a whole segment called Epic Fail of Denise Salcedo? <laughs> So it's clearly like the only person living under a rock here.
0: Wait, do you know that the wall... This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the
1: HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue
0: never misses a beat. I don't even want to answer any more questions. Do you know that they're in the restaurant business?
1: Uh, No. They had a TV show
0: about it.
1: I'm done. Like, I literally apparently know nothing about-
0: Wahlburgers. It's actually pretty good.
1: Like, like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to, like, go learn everything about Mark Wahlberg right now. Damn. That's, like, my homework for today.
0: Shane Haas says, WWE released a future Endeavors tweet about Matt Hardy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Denise. Denise. I feel like there's something I'm missing right here. I'm I feel serious. like I'm going
1: to get fired. I feel like tomorrow I'm going to get the You Are No Longer with Fightful podcast. Uh, I would we, never. I mean, we wish you well in your future
0: endeavors. I would never. Anakin <laughs> says, Denise, I'm 33 and I didn't know Donnie was in New Kids. I knew about Mark, though. Anakin, okay. did you not know yeah. a okay. single girl? Because when I was growing up, that's all oh, girls listen to is New Kids on the Block. Oh, okay, my Steve God.
1: was Baxter Boys and Sync. okay? I am full well, of Baxter Boys and Insync fans. Yeah,
0: and, and that was probably the same age where I knew girls that listened to New Kids on the Block because when I was a teenager, that's when people listened to InSync. Hannah Moore says, I'm 26. Stop aging me. Oh, man. Well, we do have other wrestling stuff to talk about. Alistair Black comes out. After all this, Styles is supposed to face Aleister Black, but he tells Black he's got to go through Carl Anderson. So then he has to go through Luke Gallows. There are commercials in each one of these first two matches, and they're both boring matches. They're both pointless. And then he beats them both, of course. I saw this, and I understood you're, you're getting heel heat, but these matches were boring uh
1: yeah, they were not good. I think it actually took away from some of the excitement that I had for this match, too. I was like, oh, okay, like, I'm good. I'm looking forward to this. I think I even said this last week. Oh, I'm really looking forward to this match. And it just took all the excitement away from me on this one. Um, you know, I did like... I, I think at one point you just saw everything coming and here's this, here's where everything coming and seeing everything coming. Did not work? Because everyone saw the whole, Oh, first he has to face a Carl yeah. Anderson and now he has to face Gallows. Okay. Everyone saw that coming. And you know, yeah, it was just, it was, it was probably one of the duller moments for tonight's show. Unfortunately, styles and this like the ending though, a little bit.
0: Yeah. Styles does beat Alistair black. This is Alistair black's first singles loss. In over a year, it's his first uh, on the main roster. Phenomenal for him, and a brain buster gets it done. Styles very excited to get involved. Gallows had got DQ'd for stomping black. Anderson came in and helped. They're building up some more of this, obviously. Elimination Chamber, they're having a rematch, because you can never have a first-time match on pay-per-view anymore, which is very frustrating. But after seeing The Undertaker hobble around last week... It would not shock me to see Undertaker and Aleister Black against the OC in a handicap match at Mania, especially considering the fact that I wouldn't trust Undertaker in a singles match alone. Although if I were to trust him with somebody, it'd probably be AJ. AJ.
1: Yeah, you know, I totally 100% get what you're saying. And I, I agree with that. And it sucks because, you know, obviously people just want to see Taker AJ. I don't think I personally wouldn't want to see all everything else. Like I would want to see that specific match. But I think given from what we saw, uh, I just yeah, it, it was he wasn't looking as strong.
0: Yeah, this could have... I mean, I'm okay with them setting up the match. And I guess this was an okay way to get some heat. And they protected him pretty heavily. He had to go through three guys. So whatever. Then we get a match that I did not like at all. Liv Morgan defeated Ruby Riot. Special ref, Sarah Logan. Riot said there's no friends inside the Elimination Chamber during a pre-match promo. Sarah Logan was the ref. Not a good one. Crowd was silent for this. This is Ruby's first match since May, so they really should have given her some live event time or something. I, I understand they're not doing a lot of those, but she's got some rust to work off. She gets pinned after kicking Liv's ass, but then she gets into it with Logan, and Liv rolls up Ruby. This was just—I eh, understand you're—you, I'm okay with this because you're trying to integrate all three. And you're trying to play off the Riot Squad history, but Ruby Riot's back and she gets beat immediately, even though it's a fast count. So I'm not the worst thing that could happen, but it's hard to believe that Ruby Riot's gonna be of any value after this.
1: Yeah, and even if they're trying to play off of that, they could have done it a lot better. I mean, I just feel like they, even with with that history, they could have done something different. But I just feel like this completely fell short of expectations. Um, this match was definitely there. There was there was really even nothing to say about it, to be honest. Um, there was some focus on Sarah Logan, which I thought was cool at the end. Um, I thought everything everything that happened at the end, all the post match stuff was fine. Um, but it just there was no interest, I think from the crowd. And I know from myself, there was no interest. And I think like, but yeah. And, oh, and the comparison too between this match and the next women's match, the Kyrie Shane Shayna match was the difference between night and day, to be honest.
0: Yes. After the match, Liv Morgan hit a great enziguri. I love her enziguri. One of the best in wrestling and then gets booted by Sarah. That's okay. I just don't feel like they they could add so much story and substance ...to this, and they, they're they just, like, relying on... Nah, here they are. They used to be friends. Let them fight. It feels like sometimes WWE can't see the forest for the trees... ...in some of their storyline. And it, it's interesting, because sometimes... ...people won't be able to see your dick through the trees... <laughs> ...that is your bush. If you're rocking a bush down there, a big, dirty, nasty one... What are you doing, fellas? Go to Manscaped.com. That's right, Manscaped.com, because Support for Fightful is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and take it from the greatest Dixman in wrestling media, you want to check out Manscaped.com, especially that lawnmower 3.0. I mean, have you ever been there where you're taking care of yourself? First off, if you're not, you need to be. But I mean, if you're not careful, you could get a little slicey-dicey down there. You don't want this to look like some sort of ECW 1995 Axel Rotten Balls Mahoney match. Because much like Balls, you might get cut up. And you don't want that to happen. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Manscaped's engineering team spent... 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved lawnmower 3.0 their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents millions of balls are about to be nick free thanks to this manscaped advanced skin safe technology i mean it's it's the place to be if If you pull down your pants and she goes, "Where is it?" And why did you bring bra bras to this party?" <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> when I tell you this is premium, I mean it's premium. it's it's what you would call good shit pal. The battery will last up to ninety minutes, so if you haven't taken care of yourself, you got plenty of time to do it. It's got LED lights on the damn thing. You'll think it's got a Titantron. That's probably what 4.0 will have. They'll probably hook a Titantron to this thing. 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And not that kind, my friends. By the way, there's a charging stand, too. You can show your mower off. Like, you can charge it up on your island in your kitchen if you want. Don't know why you would. But, I mean... This thing is special. Don't be using the same trimmer that you use on your face. That's gross, bro. And if you want 20% off plus free shipping, use the code FIGHTFUL at manscaped.com. That's how you let them know that you like what we're doing here, that you like this segue, that you like Denisha's facial reactions. I almost said Denisha's facial reactions, but hey, whatever. Manscaped.com, code FIGHTFUL. Actually, hit them up at Twitter. Even if you don't have any intent on using this, tell them that we sent you. Say, you know what? I love that Manscaped read at Manscaped. 20% off free shipping. Manscaped.com. Men
1: have have some very, very cool products. i got to say
0: that. Listen, right now I'm rocking two dick sponsors. The greatest dicksmen in wrestling media. I am teaching you all how to take care of it. Take it from me.
1: Please make that into a shirt. Like, that is the shirt, the number one shirt that I should be seeing being worn during WrestleMania season. Right?
0: There's no way Jimmy will let that happen.
1: You need to make that into a shirt or a mug or something. Or a mouse pad.
0: Well, I'd rather be talking about dick hair than talking about this uh, dick hair of a segment. Eric Rowan runs into Jose and the Conga line backstage, and they want to know what's in the cage. And he goes, okay, you want to know? And he pulls out an electronic spider that everybody runs from. This poor guy cannot catch a break. The original Wyatt family, doomed. They all got hurt. The second Wyatt family, doomed. They all got hurt. His singles run, doomed. I think they made him like a vintner or something at one point. Came back the Bludgeon Brothers, doomed. They were dressed like foot soldiers from Ninja Turtles. And he got hurt. That stupid ass attack angle on Roman Reigns last year. Oh, oh. Now, this, they spent months building this up. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's funny. No, they had no idea what they were going to do with this. And they were like, well, we're, we've already had him lose twice, so might as well uh, throw it out the window. This was so a spider's been biting everybody this. Denise is stupid.
1: The first thing I did was go on Google and check to see how big tarantulas can get to at least see if it could come across as believable. Apparently, tarantulas get really big, so there you go, fun fact. Uh, this was yeah. this was. I was so excited. <laughs> don't ask me why, but I was excited when he was gonna actually take out whatever was inside and show it to everybody. Like my eyes were like big. I was actually like looking at the screen because I thought, okay, I'm gonna be surprised right now. They're gonna they're gonna show me something that I didn't expect, something I didn't see coming. And you know what? It may be it may be corny, may be funny, but it might actually work. So I don't know why. In my mind, I thought it might actually work. And then the tarantula robot toy thing comes out and I'm thinking to myself first of all ill why did it have to be a spider and secondly I'm just looking at the little legs move and it's I mean we mentioned this right at the start when this first happened it's going to be something super silly or just something outrageous so Hey, it kind of lived up to those expectations. But still, I don't understand what the point of this was because nothing happened. It was just weeks of beating jobbers up for like five weeks, I think. And then, and oh, then yeah, no, no, it ended no, no. Like being was, a tarantula. It was,
0: it was 12 it was matches. More, 12.
1: It was 12? He won 12 oh,
0: straight TV matches.
1: All right. Well, never mind. So, man, that's a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. This has been going on since October. Miserable. Oh, God. Chris Ferris okay. says, greatest Rooster image, man in wrestling, shirt done, clever and not obvious. Maybe if you had a rooster and then my head on the rooster's head, like that would be funny, but I don't think Jimmy would do that. Also, my wife's a teacher. That might not fly. Uh, Anakin (laughs) says, looked like a replicator from Stargate SG-1. I don't know what that means, and I think you know I don't know what that means, so I'm going to take your comment as disrespect. Terry Allen Jr. says, PS5 or Xbox One X? I've been a Sony fan from a young age. After my dad bought the PlayStation, I'm a Sony guy. I always have. I had one. I had the original Xbox. My mom actually bought the Xbox for herself, and I played it. And I'm a PS5 guy. Do you game?
1: Um, no, but I did play when I was a little kid. I had a Nintendo and a PlayStation. Well,
0: go. they weren't mine, she, but I played with them. She picks PlayStation. I played,
1: yeah, I only played like the wrestling games, and I, I'm telling yeah. you, I I spent hours just creating wrestlers. That was yeah. my thing. That was it. That was my favorite thing to do.
0: So Asuka got pulled from her match against Shayna Baszler due to a sprained wrist. And she, I just love the Kabuki Warriors promos. Just Asuka being angry and screaming and Kyrie just giggling in the background. It's so condescending that I love it. And it's okay to work them against heels. I, I dig what they're doing with them because they seamlessly transition in and out. I really dig it. And I would argue that Kyrie was a better opponent tonight for Shayna than Asuka because she's much smaller. Asuka can do, or Shayna could do a lot more. She did a great spine buster, gut wrench, superplex. I love this match. When she stomped, she being Shayna, stomped Kyrie's leg, I was about to hurl. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I thought Kyrie was great. I thought Shayna was great at being methodical, but then turning it up just a little bit because she has to in Raw. And I thought Becky Lynch ruled here. Her coming out on commentary and putting on King's hat, that was so good! She
1: looked good, too.
0: Yeah, I want her to just keep his crown now and be like, sorry, Jerry, mine now.
1: Really, I honestly, like, now she can start with the whole crown thing. That would be great, but... This is where Raw started picking back up. Uh, there was that it started off great, then it had that lull, and I think this was the point where it definitely started getting back on track. So, first of all, I loved this match, and the reason why I loved it was because uh, Shayna Baszler came off as somebody who was like twisted and she's dark and she doesn't care about this girl in the ring with her. She just wants to tear her apart. And Kyrie saying, you know, first of all, like she came out and she came out with all this attitude and all this spice, that slap that she gave to Shayna right at the start. Like she was there. She meant business. You can tell she recognized who she was in the ring with. Um, Then there was this part where Kyrie is like, you know, she's on fire, she's doing her thing, and Shayna's sitting there and she has this face like, WTF, like, what is wrong with this girl? It actually took her aback how Kyrie was acting in that match. And so I actually really enjoyed those, like, those uh, characteristics of this match. I thought that's what really made it. And um, Kyrie stole sold the hell out of yes. everything Shayna did. So that put Shayna over even more. And I just thought that the way this whole entire match was was worked, worked perfectly. I loved it. I loved it.
0: Yeah, it it, it worked for everybody involved. It even worked for Asuka, I would argue. Uh, I don't know if the injury is legit or not. I'll see what I can find out. Um, or if there's any element of truth to it. Kyrie hit a nice spear too, but got put away with a Kirafuda to clutch. Becky was like, I don't have my wrestling boots on, but I'll fight you anyway. This was really good. And it was followed up by a complete, just on-fire match. Humberto Carrillo and Rey Mysterio defeated Andrade and Angel Garza. Pointless promo. But Jesus, Denise. These guys lit the arena on fire. God, this was awesome. Carrillo working with these three... Best possible thing for him. He doesn't have to be the focal point. Andrade and Garza are so awesome together. I'm like, okay, if they make them a full-time team, I'm not going to hate on it. Because they are perfect with each other. They play off each other so well. They're so similar. And Zelina is great for them, too. Ray hit a good destroyer, but the pin got broken up. Ray got a double 619. And Humberto pinned Andrade with a beautiful moonsault. I was in love with this match.
1: Yeah, yeah, so two things that I definitely have to say. So, Well, three things, actually. One, I enjoyed the match as well. Um, two, I honestly think that they should have Andrade and Garza as uh, tag team partners because I think that they would actually be booked a whole lot better than if they were singles because the second you separate, you could separate them and they could go their own way and do their own things. The quicker it is that they're going to get lost in a shuffle, but if you have them as a sol- solid tag team, um, I think that they could do a lot more and we've been talking about this we need more tag teams we need more of you know of a diverse selection of teams that you know we can see actually go for these belts as well and you know the i was thinking to myself i was like when's the last time we actually had a really strong hispanic team and so the only time the the last recent ones that i can think of were los guerreros and then after that i mean You can't even say the Lucha House Party because come on, okay? Yeah. So... That's really really it, like in recent times that I can think of for the company. And so I thought to myself, like, they should do this and, you know, do it right. Because I think they could go a lot. Uh, They could go really far with this. Uh, Same thing for Ray and Umberto. Obviously not a tag team, but I think that Umberto and Ray should keep teaming up together so that Umberto can get that rub from Ray. And we've been saying that Umberto needs something, right? So let's have him get the rub from Ray. And then once time goes by, let's have him turn on Ray so that eventually he can make him into a star and we people can actually care about Umberto. You know, it's been constant. Every single week, commentary is always saying about how he's just a young kid. He's just a young kid and he doesn't have experience and he doesn't have this and he doesn't have that. If he has a long story with somebody like Rey Mysterio who can put him over like this, this would be great. And also working in a tag team could be a lot better for Rey. Um So I just feel like there could be like a lot of benefits from
0: that. I would have originally like, at, wanted WWE to start humor to Korea with his Ultimo Ninja mask and stuff. But the thing is, I see why they don't. He's a handsome fella. Vince loves handsome fellas on his roster. But the thing is, WWE has marginalized and minimized people with masks for so long, you just think they're going to be like Kalisto and Lince and, and Metalik and Sin Cara. Every version of them. Just beat down, beat down, beat down. So the only one that ever matters is Ray but if he had teamed with Ray I think that would have been kind of cool and you would have had something if you ever want to take it off of him you get to have a rare mask versus something match where somebody will lose the mask I think WWE should really implement that here and there instead of just hey we're 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 hiring you right now we're taking your mask and I mean I don't know that that's what happened with uh with Carrillo. I know that he was working with the mask in um MLW as well but I think that could have helped too, and would have given him and Ray a little bit more in common. But this match was great; it was so good. I loved it, and this is the type of stuff I need to see on uh, Correo in. Exactly. This promo that ended the show. Jesus Christ. Um, I keep saying that this is the most interested I've been in Randy Orton since Legend Killer days, not just Evolution. Legend killer days. And that's the prime of his evolution run. He is cutting the best promos of his life right now. And you want to talk about about a contrast, Denise? The payoff of Randy Orton's explanation compared to the payoff of Eric Rowan's cage? You couldn't be further apart. Beth Phoenix comes out to update the, the condition of Edge. And Randy Orton follows and tries to hug Beth. She calls him a son of a bitch. She kicked ass tonight. I pray that I get to see more Beth Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Like, I know she's got other stuff going on. I know she's doing commentary. But I feel like we that Beth Phoenix left too early. Way before she should have left. And and that bothers me. Oh my god, it just I want to see more Beth Phoenix and I want Natalia and her to challenge for the titles. We'll get there eventually, but Randy Orton says he's got an explanation for Beth, and he says that when he was 19 and at a live event in St. Louis, his hometown, he saw a lot of legends. He saw people like Davey Boy Smith, and it just named off a bunch of people, but only Edge came up to Bob Orton and said, man, I really respect you, and, and put over Orton to Randy. And he, and Randy said that he was beaming with pride, he loves being the son of Bob Orton, And Edge said, I hope we get to work together in the future. And and then it happened. And when Orton was digging a hole for himself and getting to a low point and doing a bunch of stuff that he shouldn't have done, Edge pulled him out of that hole and showed him that there's more to life than wrestling, showed him how to treat his family, how to treat his kids, how to treat his wife, all those things like really became a, a late life role model to Randy Orton. Showed him that there's a family. There's more to life than just wrestling and being famous. And that when Edge came back, he saw the look in Edge, uh, Edge's eyes and realized that Edge thought that he was going to come back full time. He thought that he was going to do this all the time. And he says that he loved Edge too much to let him do that.
1: Ooh,
0: boy. That's a
1: lot. A boy. whole lot. <laughs>
0: And he really gets into it. He says that he loves Beth, he loves their kids, he loves Edge. But he says that what happened isn't his fault. It's Beth's fault because she enabled Edge to do this. That Edge is a junkie for the roar of the crowd and that he's going to get himself hurt and won't be able to be there for Beth. Won't be able to be there for his kids. Keep in mind, we've heard for a long time one wrong bump and Edge is paralyzed. It's horrifying. He says that he, he loves that then yeah, he says that he loves Beth, Edge, and their kids more than Beth ever could because Beth is an enabler. Beth slaps Randy and she kicks him, but he RKOs her. Fuck This was amazing. Very rarely do I shout one of those out of joy. And quite frankly, before last week I had eliminated them from the show altogether. I try not to curse. But for the good and the bad, last week's Goldberg thing had me screaming it over and over again out of bad. Randy Orton in 2020 has me just shouting and cursing with sheer joy, Denise, this rule.
1: This was great. I mean, we talked about them doing, you know, not just a basic feud here. We've talked about them reaching for a lot more, and they have, and I think that today Honestly, this exceeded my expectations for him tonight. I thought, okay, we're gonna ke- we're gonna have Beth Phoenix; she's gonna come out. We're gonna get a sob story, and we're gonna go from there. That was pretty much my whole expectations on this, but I think they went above and beyond with this one here. Uh, everything Randy Orton said, the way he went so far back and added so much backstory to all of this—that you know, it, it sounds like it sounds like it would be something that people weren't interested in, but when you go out there and you hear it and the way that he delivered it and everything that he said and how he said it, it, it made it just that much more important. And it also made Randy Orton, his character, a lot stronger. So earlier, the question that we got, which was the one about uh, whether or not we're really seeing that he's conflicted, the answer was yes, and it was mainly because of this promo, because of everything that he said. And he comes out here, and he basically calls Beth Phoenix an enabler. And I thought to myself, okay, this is great, and this is great because people are always so so quick to blame the wife whenever a husband goes down a downward spiral the first thing people do is blame the wife call her an enabler tell her she wasn't taking care of him etc and he went out here and he did that basically the stereotype of this the thing that i also liked that he kept mentioning uh their kids by their name he Mm -hmm. mentioned them of several times and that little extra touch was just kind of like oh you're a douche you are a douche for mentioning his kids names um that was great the part where she didn't even want to shake his hand was great um And there was just a lot that they did here that I thought really worked. And it was like watching like a little movie, you know, and uh, I just think that they made it really important. And I like the fact that Beth Phoenix came out here. She wasn't just a strong wrestler that we all know. No, she came out here as a strong wife. And a strong mother, and basically did her part like above and beyond. So I think this was all phenomenal. Um, I want to see more of Beth Phoenix in this storyline as well. Um, I think they could definitely play it up, you know, heading into WrestleMania.
0: This ruled. This ruled. (sighs) Guys, this week we have just a ton of stuff. By the way, uh, another plug for Select we had Alex do a special free preview of Sour Graps talking about. The Super Showdown stuff. Uh, we have Listin' your Boy every Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Check that show out. It is our anchor of the entire uh, website, uh, our, our wrestling news podcast. We have another one on Thursdays, The Distraction. We have the Wednesday Night War. We have uh, post-Smackdown reviews with Warren Hayes. Lots of stuff. We have all the scrums up from AEW Revolution. I'm going to be posting clips all week. Tony Khan spoke with us, answered... Just 35, 40 minutes of questions, I think it was. It was a good time. Subscribe to Fightful Select. That's the most direct way to support us. But again, right after this, if you're watching live, Lita, Gail Kim, Christy Hemme have that interview dropping. Had one with Jason Kincaid dropping today, one of our most talented writers who has wrestled for Evolve, for Ring of Honor, for DDT. All kinds of good stuff. I have so many interviews releasing over the next few months that it's insane. Denise, what do you got going on this week?
1: All right, so um, on March 27th is my two-year anniversary for my channel, Instinct Culture, the whole entire brand. Two years, blah, 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 that I've been doing this. And I am officially about 200 subscribers away from hitting 25,000 last week when I was on here I was at 500 and now I'm at 200 so I cannot believe it so if you haven't already checked out my channel um if you're into like pop culture and not Mark Wahlberg (laughs) 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 and pro wrestling you guys can definitely come on in and check out the channel and subscribe hopefully you guys will like some of the Super random stuff that I post on there. See? So, yeah, uh, YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Now
0: you need to go back and watch Mark Wahlberg's rap video and do a reaction video to oh, it. My there God. You, oh,
1: there you go. You just gave me a video See, idea. You, Thank you. you. I'm writing it down now.
0: Leave a thumbs See? up, guys. Subscribe. Check out her channel. It is well worth it. Until next time, we're out.